Flyover Film Country, a podcast about films all forgotten by Hollywood. I'm Olivia Clement. I'm Walter Lyle. And today with us, we have a special guest, Whitney Butler. What's up, Whitney? Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, thanks for being on. We're really excited to have you. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Barbie. So I'm I'm excited. Um, I don't really so know where excited. to start with this. What... <laughs> What was everyone's initial reaction? Let's talk about that. There will be spoilers, so just warning everyone, spoilers are coming. So yeah, Whitney, tell us what your initial reaction was to it. My initial reaction, I loved that we didn't really know what it was about. Like we knew where she was going to the real world, but like didn't know anything about the plot or who was going to be in it or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I mean, I loved it. I cried. I would have cried Mm -hmm. more, but I was like, I... I have to walk out of here and like i know for sure 10 minutes like it's like i have to get it together really quickly um so it was like you know shed a tear and then it was like pull yourself together you're in a like pink sparkly top with like butterfly clips <laughs> like you've got to pull it together um it was yeah so heartwarming and i wasn't expecting that part of it mm-hmm. um and it had all the dance numbers that made it special i really mm-hmm. feel like it was for everyone like I mm-hmm. there was a little girl next to me and she was loving it and then her mom was loving it and I was like this is just the best time mm-hmm. it was just so great and so many girls with their boyfriends went and like they were in pink and it was just like I've never been to a movie like opening like that where it was just mm-hmm. everyone was excited and mm-hmm. pink like it was just everything was pink yes yeah yeah no it was it was great um Walter what was your experience initial reaction well my experience was I saw it with five other dudes. So let's. Did you really? Just, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to my friends. I saw it with. We had a great time though. Honestly, um, it. There was no. I don't think any of us had any preconceived notions about like, is it okay that we're five dudes going to like? It was just like. I love like, that. Like Jordan texted in, in in the group chat and was like, "I'm going to see Barbie tomorrow at seven five. Who's coming with me?" <laughs> um, and I was like, "Perfect. Yes, let's do that." And so, um, yeah, we had an awesome time. The theater was pretty packed, but it was a pretty diverse crowd in, in like every way. Mm-hmm. You know, there. Um, it it at no point did it feel like like oh we should this just be for women? You know, like it was like like no, like it it is like geared. I think the message is definitely geared towards women, but like definitely a message that everybody can resonate with. So um, mm-hmm. no, we had an awesome time. We laughed very hard i feel like i was laughing like 75 percent of the time um mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty nonstop for me so i don't know we had a really good time i which i was trying to let the hype die down just a little bit but to me it felt like i was like this is pretty close to a perfect movie mm-hmm. like Gre- Gre- greta strikes again for sure yeah yeah no it was it is probably as close to a perfect movie it might be her most perfect movie I don't know if I want to go that far. I don't know if I want to go that far just yet. But I it's it's genuinely such a great movie and that was that was my like y'all's theater experience was similar to mine. It was packed theater. Everyone was in pink. Um there was there was even one girl who looked like kind of similar built to like Margot Robbie's Bobby Barbie and um was wearing the like pink hot pink cowgirl get up like it looked almost exactly like her so i don't know if she made it or if someone made it for her but it was it was spot on it was incredible um but yeah there was there was all kinds of people there it was little girls with their own barbie dolls which was cute and then you know boyfriends who tagged along with their girlfriends um dads it was it was really like such a sweet experience so it was like the perfect movie experience and just yes. so deeply rooted for like years like it's just yeah. it was growing you could tell it was just like barbie's coming like it's, it's happening yes. it was like a whole movement mm-hmm. it was yeah so good instant classic for sure sorry also real quick y'all might have heard me <laughs> i'm in a hotel room right now um mm-hmm. and housekeeping does not understand that i'm recording a podcast so they like, <laughs> like tried to walk in it's like do you need anything and i'm like i need you to leave is what i need you to do um so sorry about that and then then there goes whitney's dog um i know yeah we're pulling back the curtain a little bit we don't have a lot of people might be shocked by this 
we don't have a studio that we meet at and record professionally <laughs> every two weeks. This is 100% over Zoom wherever we may be. Or honestly, genuinely wherever we may be. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's great. We love it. It's it's classic, homegrown. Oh yeah. Good. Good for good for the people. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, but Whitney, you were talking about like the the way this has just kind of been building over months and months. Because uh, this movie was in the works for like years. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Amy Schumer was attached to it, which is wild okay. to me. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't, this movie was just so great in every, every way. I love that it kind of had this like old school feel to it. Where do you guys remember when we were kids, movies would just have like be attached to so many different like like fast food companies and, and like advertisements and that kind of thing and like had tie ins to all those stuff, like all those things. And I feel like that's kind of gone away. But this yeah. was tied to so many different things. It was. And even the Ford, I think it was Ford, that commercial, it was like that was the full scene in the movie. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I didn't. I thought that, <laughs> that was like, oh, Marco Robbie's in this commercial, and uh, then I was like, oh, that's just break the scene. Yeah, like it made me laugh so hard. And then even in Bombshell, I saw a TikTok where they talked about Bombshell, where you know Margot and Kate are in that, and mm-hmm. how Kate, as a joke, said, oh, like corporate Barbie or whatever mm-hmm. to Margot, and mm-hmm. she like said it as a joke, and then they kept it in there, and I was like. They knew she was Barbie at that point. Yeah, which is crazy. Wild. It's wild. So I was in 2019, and yeah. so I was just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the- at the very end, go ahead, Walter. No, 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 no. Good. I was gonna say at the very end. I don't know if you guys remember this movie, but it was a Disney Channel original movie called "Gotta Kick It Up" with America Ferrera. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. I'm glad you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where her husband, who actually is, I think, her husband in real life, um, but her husband in the movie said, si se puede, they have, they had to have said that for her, right? Like, that has to be a tie, like, a reference to Gotta Kick It Up. I don't know what that means. Yes, we, yes, we can. Oh, in, in okay. The, in, the, in Gotta Kick It Up, they said it a lot. Like, that was, like, their mantra. Okay, well, real quick. I want to bring, I want to, we meant, we talked about the marketing a little bit. Yes. But I want, there's, the marketing felt almost as big as the movie itself. Yes. And I want to, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because Whitney, you work in marketing too. And so. Yes. I want to hear your thoughts on, like, did you, did you feel like it was marketing? Because a lot of it was just like people like us just talking about it. Did you notice any kind of like. Like, that, hey, that was a really well-hidden PR move that they did or something like that, like, over the past, like, year or so. Did you notice any of that? I didn't really. Like, I feel like it was in talks for so long, but also kept quiet. Well, and also, like, everyone had an embargo until a certain date, and now you just see everything everywhere. Um, all at once. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I always made that joke, but then I didn't. I know, so I'm glad you did. I, I see it like daily and I'm just like, you've got to stop saying that. Um, <laughs> but marketing wise, like, I feel like they really tapped into a bunch of different markets, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, five dudes going into the movie didn't feel weird. They really didn't. They made it so much like not a very targeted movie for a certain demographic. Yeah. And even in the trailer, it's like, you know, even if you hate Barbie, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And just all the artists, I think the smartest move they did was all the music and mm-hmm. released that mm-hmm. so early. I think that was, it was very grassroots in a way where it was like planting little seeds in a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, that was really I think the one that I noticed the most was the, it was a few months ago, maybe not that long ago. But I guess it was just I saw on Twitter like somebody posted that uh, a real Barbie dream house had been built like in L.A. <laughs> or something. And and then, of course, you know, the, and it was a meme for a few days, but somebody quote tweeted it and it went viral and said the Oppenheimer marketing team has an opportunity to do the funniest <laughs> thing possible. <laughs> um, so it's like it's, I would see kind of stuff like that throughout that, like they would just do something kind of subtle and then let the internet take it from there like just mm-hmm. let everybody else like do the marketing for them which seems like really smart to me 
Um, and then also like there's just kind of a built-in marketing for it because it because of Oppenheimer too. Like such mm-hmm. a, like these two huge movies that came out on the same day, and I think I don't know I don't know if they on purpose leaned into like kind of how ridiculous that is because like it's everybody's known for so long these two movies are coming out on the same day, so we're used to it now. But it is crazy that these two like polar opposite movies that are just as big as each other like come out on the same day and a lot of people want to see both um which olivia you have seen both i did um, i did the barbenheimer double feature yes and i wanted i, it. I, I do want to we, this is not an episode we're having a, a separate one where we'll talk about oppenheimer but i do want to hear about your experience of of doing oppenheimer and barbie on the same day it's, it's got to be crazy whiplash it it was honestly so i did that yesterday excuse me it was genuinely like the best day ever because i got to watch two really great movies and then i got to finish the day uh, off with uh watching the u.s women's national team win so that was cool um it was really like my ideal day oppenheimer is so heavy also it's like the way that the story is told for oppenheimer it's not like a a linear um or linear storytelling it's it like cuts back and forth between different times and so it's like actual whiplash as you're watching the film and then it's yeah it's just it's just really heavy considering what it's about um and I'll talk more about that once we get to that actual episode. And so then I had, like, I was, but I will say I was stressed for three straight hours. Like, I texted yeah. Isaac afterwards. I was like, I am just so tense <laughs> and stressed. And that was for three straight hours. And, um, and you saw Oppenheimer first. I saw it at, at 1030 in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Which is so crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, and then you walk into Barbie and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then you're crying at the end. It's like the, yeah. the most emotional. It was an emotional roller coaster of a day. Uh, I felt every feeling possible, I think, uh, which is great. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was it was just it was crazy to watch that. And then I had a couple hours in between, and so I, just to decompress and like it was probably like maybe thirty minutes before. I saw Barbie that I looked at my friend who who I saw Oppenheimer with, who I was also seeing Barbie with and like with another group of um, or with a group of our friends. I was finally like, I think I think I've calmed down. Like, I think I've <laughs> decompressed and I think I'm OK. And she was like, no, yeah, same. I I finally feel ready to to embrace Barbie. Wow. Um, and then you start Barbie with 2001 a space odyssey and you're like yes yeah. <laughs> you're like oh i looked over and i was like oh no what what is happening yes it was so good i and i love that they like because because that was basically the teaser trailer mm-hmm. was that very <laughs> like that very first clip um with space odyssey and i love that they kept that in yeah it was mm-hmm. so great I, i'm curious for you guys so at my theater before the movie started they were essentially just playing like old Barbie advertisements. They even played a clip from Toy Story 2 where they introduce Barbie. Like, whenever they're down, yeah. driving down the toy the toy aisle uh, or in the toy store around the Barbie aisle looking for Buzz and tour guide Barbie pops up, they, they yeah. played that clip too. It was so interesting. Oh, Did, that's so fun. Your theater is so much cooler than the comic Yeah, mine had like a balloon <laughs> setup, but nothing like that. Okay. Well, and this... It, the theater we went to this place called Flix Brew House, and so it's like a movie theater, but it's also like a brewery, which is a pretty cool that's, setup. That's very so, cool, yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those places where you can like order food and they bring it to you while you're seated, and so, um, so I realized they can probably do a little th- things a little differently there. But yeah, it was really interesting to me to see that. And then before Oppenheimer, they like played no trailers. They, I think they forgot to turn on That's the camera. So I think they forgot to turn it on because it was like halfway through the Nicole Kidman AMC commercial. <laughs> yeah. But we did get to hear Heartbreak Feels Good in a Place Like This, and that's all that matters. That's so, true. That was a good point. So. I was at a place called Movie Tavern, and it's like by Marcus yeah, Theaters. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. It's, yeah. that, that one's really but, cool. Yeah, and they had like 
it's whatever the owner's first name is but like he it was like a terrible like green screen him like driving a car being like i'm so and so marcus like and i was like i miss nicole kidman i need to see these two people battle and see what happens the yeah <laughs> um so i wanted to We've talked. I feel like we talked around the movie for a little bit. I, 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 I wanted to cover the marketing and all that, and kind of our like movie theater experiences. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about is so for me at least. I, I know Whitney. I think you mentioned that you didn't know like who all was going to be in the movie, and it was like you know, I on purpose. I don't even think I watched the full teaser trailer, like the two thousand one Space Odyssey thing when that when that first came out. I think I watched the first few seconds, and I was like, you know what. I don't want to know. Like, I want to. I don't want to know anything about this movie going into. So I didn't watch any other trailers or anything like that. And so there were a lot of uh, cast members that I had no idea were going to be in the movie until I was watching it. Did y'all have the same kind of experience, or like, what was y'all's thoughts when you started seeing like some of these big names being in it? I didn't know Will Ferrell was going to be in it. So, okay, oh, really? I did know that one. I did yeah, know that I one. Think I, I don't know why I missed that. Like, I'm thinking if I even watched the latest trailer, like, I think I just was like, I don't want to see anything. Yeah. I just let it pass. And so, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I didn't know Emma Mackey was oh, really? going to be in it. That's education. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It's like, unless I didn't just blocked it out. But I was like, oh, wow. I love her. So, <laughs> yeah, I was shocked by that too, the most. Yeah. Yeah. I was most shocked by Simu Liu being in it. Um, oh yeah, because I haven't. I, I would love to see more stuff that he's in. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Because the only thing I've seen him in is Shang Chi, which I thought he was great in, and and it was just very. Of course, it's a very different role than Ken and Barbie, and so it was. It was he and he was so good mm-hmm. in in this one. Um, I don't know Michael Sarah was going to be in it. I don't know Dua Lipa was in it. I didn't know Kate McKinnon as weird Barbie, which is a, a big highlight of the movie for me. Didn't know she was going to be in it. There were just a lot of people that I was like, I am so happy that, like, out, out of the cast that they got. And also, mm-hmm. side note, very funny, if you go to the IMDb of all the cast, it has, of course, like, all the actors and actresses' names, but to each one, the next to each one of them, it, it just says either Barbie or Ken. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, so it's like My Barbie, Barbie, like Barbie, that. Barbie, Barbie, Barbie is so funny. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that was great. The, the, the cast was awesome. Um, uh, a standout for me was uh, Ariana Greenblatt as Sasha. I thought she did she did a very good job. Um, and she and America Ferreira had a good like I believe them as mm-hmm. as a mother and daughter. Uh, what, what did y'all mm-hmm. think? I, yeah, no, I thought she was great as Sasha. Um, I love America Ferreira. I think she's really underrated. I She was in Sister to the Traveling Pants, which is one of my yeah. favorite movies. It's so good. And her that character sister had at one point, and I was like, is this a call out? Is this, it has to be, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's her character, Carmen, was my favorite character. I love them all for different reasons, but like, I, I think I most identified with Carmen as a kid. And so, so I just, I love her so much. Um, and I'll never forgive Hollywood and the media for making it seem like she is overweight or anything like not not pretty like i'll never forgive them for that because she's incredible and amazing um so yeah i i thought they had great chemistry it very much felt like a a tween daughter mother daughter relationship Mm -hmm. of just like that teen angst uh that that it was it just seemed very effortless yeah Yeah, it was, it was very believable. I really liked the I like the Gen Z element where she was like the Gen Z daughter had, a, or I guess she's Gen Z if she's like preteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, yeah, she's. I was, yeah. Like, not, yeah. I was like, that's not a, another. Gener- I don't know how old I am, um, but it's like <laughs> she had her own growth, which I liked. Like mm-hmm. she started as very jaded, and I was like, that's mm-hmm. something we haven't seen yet. Instead of like, yeah. oh, Gen Z knows everything. It's like. Oh no! These two worlds can like teach each other about mm-hmm. this. You know, mm-hmm. The Gen Z, Jada Gen Z girl, mm-hmm. also learned like just I don't know, learned from her mom and learned how the world works as not, you know, it's not everything's terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which I think most of Gen Z feels that way, which is yes. fair because mm-hmm. it does feel fair. terrible most of the time, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's not always terrible, and like there are other things that get, get us through, like. 
family and relationships and that kind of thing which was which was great i feel like i feel like greta gerwig has really captured like kind of the beauty of the mother-daughter relationship Mm -hmm. right like we see that in lady bird and that's like the whole that's a centerpiece of lady bird and like we see that with little women and and we see that again with this like i was not expecting to once again be hit in the face with a mother-daughter relationship (laughs) and get emotional about it yeah yeah and here we are yeah and she's so good oh sorry go ahead no no you got it um she's so good at capturing relationships but then also in the way of like the core of film like she's Mm -hmm. so good at making a movie like this could have been a cheesy like Mm -hmm. barbie you know just like super plastic flashy but she made it so like cinematic and she always really gets at the technical part of it like I, with little women i saw her in florence in a q a and we were on the sony lot and she was like oh i mixed the sound in this theater like i wanted the first showing where i was like she was like i whenever i wanted to premiere it i wanted to sound mix it in the same theater and it was like so interesting because it's like wow. usually they don't do that but she was like i rented out the theater for like however long to sound mix it I was like, that is so interesting for a director to mm-hmm. also sound mix your own film. But it's like she wants it to be the most raw and precious while also mm-hmm. just like having a fun movie. And I'm like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She Greta has she's just on a different level, I feel like, with a lot of other directors. And other directors who are great and and make good movies. But I'm and I'm now at the point that, you know any movie she makes like her next one that she comes out with like i don't i would be shocked if it was less than like at least a four and a half stars out of five like Mm -hmm. it's she just she just gets how to make film and cinema um and there's so many it's and it's so hard because there's so many moving parts different things you have to be good at to be a director you know if you work in in, and you know when you get this if you work in the industry you can be good at lighting or you can be good at you know actually directing actors on set or you can be good at producing whatever but like to be a director you have to be able to do it all mm-hmm. and then to be like a great director you got to take it up like several steps which i feel like she has to i felt that way you know when i first saw little women and i was um because I, I really did not want to watch that movie going into it my <laughs> wife is a big fan of it and then i finally gave in i was like okay fine and i've, and I've seen it multiple times since then because like that is very close to a perfect movie um she just gets it. Um, I think she's great. The so the plot we t- we touched on it a little bit, and it was not we could all kind of agree it was not what we fully expected going into it. Mm-hmm. So from beginning to end, how do you feel like it all came together? Because um, I didn't expect them to bounce back and forth between Barbie Land and the real world as much as they did. Yeah. And so like how did how did y'all feel the story beats kind of like flowed together? Go ahead, Whitney. Um, I was also expecting it to be very linear and like, oh, we're in Barbie land and now we're going, or Barbie world, whatever. And then now we're going to the real world. Like, and then we're in the real world for two thirds of the movie. Like, I really thought it would Mm -hmm. be in the real world for the majority of it, but I like how they went back and forth. It, it made it more like real. Instead of just, oh, okay, we're expecting them to go to the real world. This is how it's going to play out. But instead, it was like, oh, we're all over the place. Like, humans are in, like, kingdom or whatever. It's like, everyone's everywhere, which I really liked. All at once. Um, yeah, all at once. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> I wasn't expecting the kin part to be so long. That was the one yeah. thing where I was like, this bit is going on for a very long time. <laughs> and which I loved all the dance numbers, everything, but it was, it, it, it lasted so long. And then it ended so quickly where I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, weren't we supposed to vote today? Oh, okay. Whatever. Like it just ended so abruptly. And then it was like, and now you cry. Like it was, <laughs> which I loved mm-hmm. the like cry mother, daughter, everything like her deciding to go back. Like that was the best part of the whole movie. Like it was so good. They used real people in those clips but yeah it was a lot of unexpected things but in a good way just i felt like the kin part was a little long and drawn sure Mm -hmm. what about you i yeah i think that i was also expecting to spend the majority of the movie in the real world uh so 
But I love, which I guess it makes sense because I that they they came back to Barbie Land because they made all the all the whole set of Barbie Land they made for this film, right? Which I think is great, and like all the background uh, art, like the background is is painted. It's uh, mm-hmm. Greta said that she really took inspiration from The Wizard of Oz and how they painted the backdrops. Okay, now and that so, you say that, I can absolutely yeah, see that. It totally yeah. makes sense, right? And so I love that uh, that they had that. And so it makes sense that they, they came back to Barbie Land and spent most of it in Barbie Land. But it, it never clicked in my head that, like, that's what they were going to do. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, the plot itself, I do think that they spent too much time on the, the Ken bit. But also, I love that Ken kind of had his own he had his own arc in it and got to grow a little bit. Uh, so I, and, and I love the, the mother daughter aspect of it as well. Um, the, the speech, the monologue that America, America mm-hmm. Ferreira has mm-hmm. of like women, mm-hmm. it, man, it was so good. It really got me. I, I was like, yes, this is how all women feel. And it, it was it was just so good. It was so moving. I freaking love this movie, guys. Like it, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just rambling and not making any sense. It's just it was such a great film. Yeah. And Walter, what was your thoughts? I was gonna pivot to something else, but I want to hear your thoughts on the plot too. What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of agree with most everything you said, and you know, I went into it knowing that this would be. Um, a move I, I knew it was going to be about like feminism and the patriarchy and all that which is very much a hot button topic i feel like these days um it's kind of one of the culture war topics that everybody's talking about and so i wasn't i, I kind of figured what direction the message would go and obviously because it's greta gerwig like it is very much like a feminist uh geared movie but i'm like well how how are they going to <laughs> how are they going to uh, like include men in a way that like I didn't think that she that Greta was gonna like make it make men look bad the whole time you know like I, mm-hmm. I knew it was like there's gonna be some nuance to it um but that's a, that's a hard balance to strike um mm-hmm. and and I think she I think it was perfect uh it was again obviously very much about women especially with you know you mentioned America Ferreira's speech was so uh was very powerful and uh but then like like Whitney you mentioned like Ken's whole arc like he had a whole arc and you get to see like how patriarchy and feminism have been kind of trying to coexist but also like battle each other and and then at the end it's it's not like there were some definitive statements made for sure but the movie ends with kind of being like you know there's I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to describe. Do y'all know what I mean? Like, it's really hard to describe, like, what the final message may have been. And maybe y'all can help me out on this. It wasn't like, oh, patriarchy is good and feminism is good and they can coexist. It's not that. I, I don't know. Can y'all help me? Because I'm, I'm really. It's more of like these, both of these things exist and it can overshadow, you know, the like others where Ken mm-hmm. was like, now you know how it feels kind of a thing. And it's like, both of these things exist in the real world, but you just kind of live with it. It's like, that's mm-hmm. also the beauty of living. Like, I feel like that was kind of the wrap up, especially when Barbie had to see like how the world is. And then she was mm-hmm. like, oh no, I want to do that. Like, I don't want to be the idea. I want to make the ideas. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't so much of, oh, these things are great. These things are terrible or like one versus the other. It was just like, they both exist. They're not the best. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> they have flaws. Like there's progression, but you have to choose to experience that, I guess. Yeah. And I think there's a good line also. Yeah, you you described that much better than I could. Um, that's exactly how I feel. But there's, there's a good line from, I believe it was Sasha who said something like, like in the middle of the movie, something like, uh, you know, I know we can't make the world perfect, but we can try to make it better, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, wow, okay, that I feel like is a good encapsulation of the kind of message of the movie. And that, yeah, I think, I guess the whole message was above 
systems like feminism and patriarchy is the human experience like that like transcends everything else any other political or economic like stances you have everybody is human and has these real human experiences that fall outside of any kind of like political or like you know any kind of worldview that you may have so um yes that was you put that very well thank you for helping me um as far as the plot goes though i I mean, I was gushing about it when we came out of the theater, and I was like, I was like, man, the pacing was perfect. Like everything, like worked really well. Now that the hype has died down just a little bit, there were I realized that most of the scenes with Mattel, I thought Will Ferrell was great, but most of the scenes with Mattel, I was like, you know what? All those scenes could have been cut at least in half. You know, like some of those might have gone on a little bit too long. And honestly, I'm not saying that's what I would want. But a lot of the, most of the, if not all of the Mattel stuff could have probably been cut from the movie entirely. And the movie would have been roughly about the same. But how do y'all feel about that? I like the scene of her in, like, I think it really could have ended. Well, I don't know. I I think the scene of her in Mattel where she's like escaping the box and then running, mm-hmm. th- that felt That's very a great scene. My mm-hmm. Barbie on my like Game Boy, like I was like, oh, this is a nice 5RB game where he's like running through it. It's like, I loved that. And her finding um, Ruth, like I thought that was really special. But then you didn't really know if Will Ferrell's character was like all good, all bad. Like it just was like, okay, he wants her in a box. Like her, him wanting her in a box just like fell off his path. Like he was just like, we mm-hmm. need to go there and do something. Like it was like, I didn't really know what his agenda was besides just like stopping it like I, yeah. I don't really know so they really did hang on that for a little bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah maybe he represented just yeah. like the corporate status quo that like <laughs> you know that corporations like to just keep things the way they are I, you know i don't know maybe he represents like the more conservative side of things i don't know yeah it's 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 hard to tell but olivia what do you think i think that yeah, like I think that those scenes maybe went on a little bit longer than necessary because it was hard to figure out. Like, it seems like he's a bad guy, but is is he? Yeah. And I do, I, I do love the the scene where they are like going around their boardroom and introducing like what all they do, and it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. just a group of men in charge of like all these like girl toys, and um, and Will Ferrell says. I am the son of a mother and the mother of a son. Well, and, and the nephew of an, a female aunt. And it's just like, that's, that was really funny. But also like, that's how some men think whenever yeah. they, they're like, oh, well, yeah. I, I love women. And it's like, yeah, you love women you're related to or attracted to. And that does not mean you love and respect women. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was just, it was funny that, Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they allowed so many, like, Mattel was cool with as many digs they got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I saw an interview and Margo was, well, it was Margo and Greta, and they were like, yeah, when you have so many things you're afraid of, it's like you're just kind of, like, doing inches of progress <laughs> where it's like, okay, can we keep this? Okay, can we keep this? It was like there mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, three things that they're like, we really have to, you know, pressure them to accept. It was just, like, all cards you know just like whatever here's the worst that you look like let's backtrack so and yeah. i loved that we're in century city because mm-hmm. that's where all the agencies are and uh-huh. so like they shot the majority of i think mattel was i mean the outside of it was at caa which is like one of the biggest agencies mm-hmm. and so it was just so funny that they were like like century city has everything and i'm like that's because it's literally all century city is is just like ICN, CAA, like it's just agencies mm-hmm. and then like a mall. And so it was like very interesting and telling where they're like, this is everything. And it's like, it's all run by men. <laughs> like that's the most men hierarchy place in LA. Yeah. So I thought that was really clever. I I really appreciate the humor of this. Like it's so self-referential without being, I think, annoying yeah. or over the top. Um, but, or like, it, maybe it's over the top, but like in the best way possible, uh, the, the, just the jabs that they had at Mattel, but also I'm guessing Mattel took it in stride or else they wouldn't have allowed those jokes. Right. 
um, the very beginning, whenever they're introducing Barbie Land, and you know you hear Helen Mirren's voice say, "They the Barbies think that they have solved all all of the issues for women, and that women should just thank them for that." And it's like, mm, nope. Uh, that's not how that works. And she goes, but we're not telling them that. And then the scene where, where Margot Robbie is like crying and she's like, oh my and gosh. I'm ugly. And she cuts in and is like. Note to filmmakers. Note to, yeah. yeah. To get the casting crew. Like this, Margot Robbie is not the right person for this. She's perfect. I, that might have been. Then. That might have been my so biggest funny. laugh of the movie was was because you mm-hmm. hadn't heard Helen Mirren in a long time to right. that point. Yeah, and so I just you, you, also, you, I love her as a narrator. Oh, it's yes, so she has perfect. such yeah. a great voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was so funny because you almost at that point you almost forgot there was a narrator, and then it right. cuts in, and you're like taken out of this like kind of emotional moment to laugh, <laughs> but then you were brought immediately right back into it, and it was uh, it was so good. Um, Another big yeah. laugh was at at the beginning. It was the first big one when the the dance party that they're having mm-hmm. at Barbie's dream house, and they're, they're the choreographed numbers. And you see Ken's doing his funny thing, and he's trying to like get Barbie's attention and all that. And out of nowhere, Barbie goes, "You guys ever think about death?" And then the whole thing just like stops. So good, mm-hmm. so good. Like that got the like the theater was very loud when that happened. Yeah, I love the record scratch, and then and then she goes, I mean, dying to dance, and they're like, oh yeah, and then they just start <laughs> dancing again. Great. I think it's also interesting this coming off of "Don't Worry, Darling" because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a shiny version of that. It was like it it's, gave hints of that, which is so I, interesting. It is crazy that you say that because I had a couple of fleeting thought, the same thoughts like in the movie. I was like, yes, I was like, but I don't know why. Why do I? Why am I getting yeah. that vibe? It, but it does have that vibe for some some reason. I guess it's just like, yeah. like like the fake perfect world maybe is like that's mm-hmm. what makes you think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the cookie cutter houses uh-huh. and mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I think don't worry, darling was very bright, and so this it just yeah it had similar airs to it. And I'm like, oh, this is this is really strange. Yeah, nowhere yeah. near as good as don't worry, darling though. Let's get this straight. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I love I love it. <laughs> That's a yeah. joke. Barbie is far I love Don't Worry Darling. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Well, I also read the script when it was on the blacklist. So it was like, I knew the ending before oh. I saw it, which made a huge difference. If I didn't, okay. I would have had way different opinions. Okay. Oh. You're you're the first person I've met who actually like has a positive opinion of that really? movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I watched it twice. I saw it twice. Wow. It, it, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we covered it on, on our podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's where we got Insult Matrix. Yeah, that's our, right. group, our group. <laughs> our group chat with me, Olivia and Isaac is still the Incel Matrix, which is what Olivia named like the whole like the the simulation and don't worry, darling. Yeah. That's funny. I will um, say the script is better, so I, I get it. Like I had a yeah. Yeah. I was, I was about to ask you, Whitney, do you how does reading a script prior to seeing it actually on screen, how does that change your experience? Because I've never once read a script, so <laughs> that's never yeah. once been my thing. So I'm just um, curious for you. Well, so it's interesting because it it really dep- it gives you a very different perspective because there's two specifically that I read where it then became a movie that I was like so pumped. It was this one, it was Don't Worry Darling, and I read it and the script was so great. And it was like, it was so, so good. It was pretty much the same, but better. <laughs> it's like certain things were better. So it's like, in that case, it made it better because knowing the ending mm-hmm. while you watched it, you noticed things a lot more before. Okay. Like you picked up on things that made it so much better. If I didn't read it, it wouldn't have been as, as good of a movie. There's another one called Vivarium. It's, I think it's on Netflix now, but it's okay. like, I read it in like 2016, but I read it with the production company I was working with. So it wasn't like completed, like it wasn't the shooting script. Mm-hmm. And that script was much better than the movie. And they like completely stripped down the movie and the movie mm-hmm. was terrible, but the script was so good. So it really just depends on like what process of the script it's done. Like the blacklist mm-hmm. when Don't Worry Darling, that was 
you know, that got on the blacklist. So it was like, oh, this is a good script. This is like the top unproduced script. Um, and then like the unbearable weight of massive talent was on that list. And I didn't read it because I was like, no one's going to make this. What is this? And then <laughs> it got made. And I was like, oh my God. Like it was just, it's so interesting. I was like, oh wow, they really made it. So yeah, I don't usually, I have a bunch of scripts from like award season that they will send out the whole script, but I rarely sit down with a completed script that's already made and read it afterwards. Cause I'm just mm-hmm. like, I already know what it is. Mm-hmm. but I like reading it before. And then, you know, years later when I'm like, finally it got made, then I watch it and I'm usually just like, oh, well, that's not what I expected. Right. Mm. So Whitney, real it's quick. It's kind of the same as seeing a book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, we, we mentioned earlier, might have been before we started recording, but that you um, used to live in LA and work in the film industry. So I think our listeners are probably want to know like, um, and this might be an aside from Barbie, but like, tell us a little bit about like, um, as comfortable as you are telling us, like kind of what you did and who you worked with and like what that looked like. So I originally worked with a production distribution company called Good Deed Entertainment. And we had like Loving Vincent, which is the art animation mm-hmm. movie. Um, and then they actually relocated their entire company to Ohio. So it was like three months in. They were like, we're relocating. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what? And so um, I got connected to this publicist named Melody, Melody Kornbrot. Um, and she was, she's the top awards publicist ever. Like Warner Brothers has their own, they're like the only people that have their own in-house publicist, but every other studio has their designated publicist where they mm. have like their own independent firms. So our company was literally seven people and we had Shirley MacLaine, Alan Arkin, um, Peter Fonda, Juliette Binoche, like all these old Hollywood people that we repped them. And like uh, Helena Bonham Carter was a big one. So it's like we wow. repped them, but then we also, we were with Sony Pictures Classics where we did all of their films, like every single one, it was just a standing contract. So um, they did like Call Me By Your Name, all the like it's usually art house and documentaries so we did all of those but then thankfully since we were a private company we could work for other people so like i was the only person for some reason on um the lionsgate golden globes campaign in 2019 so i was the publicist for uh knives out bombshell and midway wow so i just got all the stuff with the hfpa I know way more about the HFPA than <laughs> most people in the industry because once all that went down, I had reporters calling me. They were like, did you know? And I was like, yeah, I I bribed them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I gave them $10,000. Like, what do you mean? He was like, I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what? Um, so, yeah, I was a publicist for film and awards, usually is what I say. Um, so as far like press days, like, anytime there was a movie they would say okay you're going to do the opening so we would have like i had a julianne moore for a whole week and we were like at beverly wilshire doing press for a movie and then had the premiere so um it just kind of depended on if it was an opening or film season you know we would have Mm -hmm. something for just golden globes or just the oscars so wow that's awesome yeah how how did you um is you still you seem you still pretty young uh, so how did you yeah. how did you break into that? Uh, did you go uh, like straight from college and move to LA and just move first yeah. and then tried to do it, or like how did that look for you? Good luck, honestly. I got an internship with Good Deed Entertainment, my first company, before my senior year, and that was from a professor. He worked with one of the executives at Gersh Agency. It was like mm-hmm. a very random connection. So I went there for the summer, and then they hired me after I graduated, and then when they went down or not went down when they moved, um, they thankfully had this connection. Like Melody called them and she was like, you know, my assistant, I was her assistant plus a junior publicist at the time. And then a few months in, I just like became a publicist. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she was like, my assistant just quit. Do you have anyone? And I had no idea, like she hired me. And then I was like, I don't understand what publicity is. Like I had (laughs) zero idea what we did. Like three months into it, I was like, I physically don't know what we do. Like, I don't understand this <laughs> in the slightest because it was just so all over the place. I was yeah. hired right at the beginning of award season. No clue. So it was really just by luck. I mean, I moved there and then 
that's just it happened it was very interesting yeah and then now you're back in arkansas right yes yes yeah i was planning to move and then we had a bunch of movies lined up and the day before a press day COVID hit and i was like mm. now's my time like it was like canceling mm-hmm. everything and i was like i'm gonna quit because i won't if i stay like if i stay and start rescheduling stuff i'm not gonna leave yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. so you you got in and then you got out Yep, I saw yeah. it was at the bombshell press conference where it was Charlize, Marco, and Nicole, and it was like 90 of the HFPA members. And one of the Lionsgate executives came in and she had her like brand new baby, and she was like, "Baby's first press conference," and I was like, "Oh, oh I don't oh, think I want this." That's not <laughs> like, oh no, this is sad. It's a Saturday morning, like so. It I saw the top and I was like, you know. That's the like I would want to do awards because I love awards. It's a game and it's it's like so fascinating to mm-hmm. be a part of. But I was like, I just I need to be creative. I need to bring light and not you know everyone yeah. in that industry kind of hates it, even though right. they love it, they hate it. So yeah, yeah. Okay, well, good for you. Yeah, I just wanted to to hear your story there, and I'm sure our listeners would find that interesting too because I don't. Olivia, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've had somebody who's actually worked in the film industry in LA on our podcast before. Not since you've been on. This is oh, actually okay. Whitney's second time to be <laughs> no on. No way! Wow. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So, yeah. so in the first, in the very first year we did this, like I think probably month two or three, Whitney and I, or Isaac and I, had Whitney on, and then we had one of my like childhood friends. His name is Ben. He was on, and they both had kind of different experiences working in LA so oh, okay but it was it was it was pre-Walter yeah so. and anything before that doesn't matter so this is Whitney's <laughs> first time on the podcast <laughs> no I'm so, just kidding funny. well cool yeah. well I um I, I still appreciate you telling everybody your story there I, I think that's super interesting yeah because yeah, um, that was like three years ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was in LA for two years and I felt like seven. So I still tell yeah. stories to my friends. They're like, how were you there only two years? And I'm like, I don't know. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, anyway, back to Barbie. Um, what else have we not? Okay. I wanted to talk about the kind of the way that they handled like the connection between Barbie land and the real world. Like there's, this, there seems to be an understanding among anybody who, is in the movie that they know what the real world is and what Barbie land is and kind of like the unspoken rules of Barbie land. Mm-hmm. And so like, even when America Ferreira and Sasha, well, I'm mixed up her, the, the character's real name and then the actor's character name. Okay. So what was the mom's Gloria, name? America Gloria. Thank is you. Gloria name. and Sasha. Um, like when they get, when they hear or they meet Barbie for the first time, there is like a little moment of like your real life Barbie, but then they get over it really quick and they're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then they just go to Barbie land. Um, so what did y'all think? Like, I thought the way Barbie land works and they're like, they fake drink water and they like mm-hmm. take fake showers and all that. And the way I did, I did laugh pretty hard when she just floated down into her car, like at the beginning. Uh, Cause, and then Helen Mirren talks about how like ha- kids hands do this. And they just like <laughs> floats down. Mm-hmm. Um, what did y'all or y'all's thoughts on that like how they handled kind of this mystical world of barbie land i i kind of just loved it that it was like barbie land is essentially just like play like how you would play with a little kid right um if a little kid hands you a teacup you you pretend to drink out of it Mm -hmm. right like um and so i love that it, it it feels like okay, this is how a little kid would be playing. If these were actual dolls, this is how they'd be playing with, with mm-hmm. them. Uh, so I really liked that part. And then I like that they, they didn't try to spend too much time explaining like the yeah the portal or the way between the real world and Barbie land. Because who cares? Mm-hmm. Like who actually cares? Like right. it would have just, it, it would have taken up. Yeah, it would have taken up too much time. I love that they kept going, don't overthink it don't worry about it it doesn't matter so yeah like is it a thought is it real yep like yes yes the answer is yes it doesn't matter whatever you think it is that's what it is i drew some parallels to elf um which of course is also in but like the north pole is like all claymation Mm -hmm. and then he has like a seemingly very 
straightforward trip <laughs> to New York where he just mm -hmm. like gets on the like breaks off a big piece yeah. of ice and then just like rolls on down there and then now he's in the real world um and it in the in the, in this is the same thing there like it doesn't really matter like mm -hmm. you don't need a whole magic system like <laughs> like Lord of the Rings or anything you know like it's yeah it is I don't it is. I don't need it's the lore in life size okay have you seen I haven't seen the second one but life size the original yes. Life yes. Size. yeah yes classic so yep. that was that they did like transport mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. that was a setup of the toys so well, it's like that I feel like mm -hmm. right I, I think like I think I think, I think like, they just took a, a doll and Lily turned her into a real person. I don't know. Was there a doll world in that movie? She like walked into a room and it was like the it was a set where she like looked down and saw all of the, oh, okay. the people and like her work. It's been a long time since. But I've seen I don't that know if it ex fully explained that. But yeah, I mean, it was like this doll turned into a person. I don't know. But it's been so long since I've seen that. Yeah, I know. But it's interesting they didn't take from that. They weren't like, oh, we're just becoming Barbie. Mm -hmm. It's like, how does Barbie exist? We don't know. And it's great because we don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. And also, but like <laughs> connecting like Kate McKinnon's character was such a good connection between the two worlds. Mm -hmm. Like she's weird Barbie because she's the one where like the kids just like messed with her a lot and then like pulled her, like cut her hair and like colored on her and stuff. And then that makes her personality weird too. Mm -hmm. And then she's kind of like this eccentric guru on the mountain character, which is awesome. Like the maps mm -hmm. that she drew and, um, and, the, and even the way she like, she wouldn't really walk anywhere. She would like <laughs> do the splits and then like roll over to the, where she was trying to go. Like Kate McKinnon, perfect casting for that role. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was that was awesome. I love that. Um, also, oh, the other Barbies, and we talked about how you know some of the other cast members in here. But what were y'all's other standout Barbies other than other than Margot? I loved Issa Rae as yeah. President Barbie. She's great like, wherever she is. She first of all, yeah, she's great no yeah. matter what. Uh, I love that she got the like one f bomb that was. Weeped out with a Mattel sticker, <laughs> yes. which was amazing. Great moment. I love that. Entire theater passed. Like it was yeah. like a like yeah. <laughs> there were a couple so moments loud. like that. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple moments where where they gasped. Uh, another moment for my theater. I don't, I'm curious about y'all's. Is whenever Kate McKinnon was like, "You're talking to Barbie, Margot's Barbie," and was like, "Yeah, that kin of yours. I'd like to see what." Uh, what was what was the stupid line? Under, under was that, that soft, smooth plastic or something like yes. that. Yes, yeah. it, it was like blob. Well, he's it packing. Like, yeah, um, she said blob. Yeah, like a smooth blob. It was like that's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like straight. My jaw dropped. I was not expecting that. Well, another moment like that was when they first get to the real world, and she's trying to talk to the construction guys, oh, yeah. and they're catcalling oh. her like crazy. And then she, and then she goes, "I don't have a vagina," and he doesn't have a penis. <laughs> And then they all like, oh, and then they're like, oh, oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool, that's that's cool. And then, and then Ryan, Ryan Gosling goes, I have all the genitals, just like kind of softly. Yeah, that was great. Um, Sorry, it's gonna be loud. No, no, you're good, you're good. Um, yeah, there there were a lot of great moments like that. What was my original question? Oh yeah, other standout Barbies for you. Oh yeah, and, and Ken's too. I, I like you, Walter. I really liked uh, Simu Liu's character, mm -hmm. Gherkin. His, I thought, I think he's really funny, and I think he should be in like roles like that more right. often. Uh, I know that he was in uh, a show on Netflix called Kim's Convenience, and it's like a, mm -hmm. it's about a convenience store or something like that. And that's a comedy, and I've heard it's pretty it's pretty funny, and so I need to check that out. But. Oh, he was great. I loved Michael Sarah as Alan. Man, I made the Man. joke as we were leaving that after the movie was over with my friends, I said, "You know, I'd love to see an alternate cut where Michael Sarah plays Ryan Gosling's character. Oh like my God. He, Michael Sarah is the quintessential Ken. Would have been really funny too. But he, I wish he was. I wish Michael Sarah was in the movie more because every yeah. time he was on screen, like I was just already laughing. Mm -hmm. Especially the scene where they're leaving barbie he stows away with uh with sasha and gloria and then like he just gets out of the car and beats up all the construction guys yes like that was and like and then they're having a, like a sweet mother-daughter moment in the car and in the background out of focus he's still just like whipping ass back there like doing like crazy karate moves 
I thought that was awesome. Um, yeah, and then John, I didn't know John Cena was going to be in it, so when he popped up out of the waves. He, he was the one that yeah. I was shocked. I had seen a picture of him, like a still from of, of him from the movie on Twitter, had no context for it. Yeah. I don't even remember why, why I saw it or what the tweet with it was, but I was shocked whenever he popped up. I was like, John, what? So was good. Great. I forgot. I forgot he was even in it. It was like there were so many cameos yeah. where I was like, oh, okay. Didn't know. Yeah. Whitney, yeah. who was your favorite? Or like, besides Margot, who who did you love as Barbie or, or Kid? I mean, I love Emma Mackey just because I love her as a mm-hmm. person. Um, Her Barbie, I feel like she could have been in it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, she, oh, the part where she talks about having pants because it's like you're a physicist do you want pants and she's like yes yes like, that was her. that yes. made her favorite yeah yeah no i loved that because it was like yes i do want pants of course i do yeah. loved it uh sharon yeah. sharon rooney's barbie i thought was was pretty good she played that role really well um and especially when they were all brainwashed with the patriarchy which is mm-hmm. it was really funny because of how easily they were brainwashed and then how easily they were unbrainwashed mm-hmm. and uh, all the Barbies just did such a good job of playing both of those roles, like the 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 women empowered role and then the subservient like role. They all just did a really good job, and it was weirdly believable. Even though this is obviously a very insane like thing, like a real life Barbie land, you know. Mm-hmm. But it like it made like it made sense. Like I didn't have to. I don't know. It's just very believable. Everybody did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that it like it hits on the fact like the patriarchy is bad, but also the inverse of that is also bad. Like, yeah. like and I think that that's what people think of when they think of feminism is like, oh, well, women just want to be in charge. They just want the roles to be reversed. And it's like, that's not feminism, guys. Come on. Yeah, uh, I, that's actually a really good point because I, I, I thought that the whole time during the movie, I was like, it's actually doing a really good job of not redefining because it's that's what feminism has always been but reminding mm-hmm. people especially yeah. the an- people who are considered themselves to be anti-feminist they're like no yeah. feminism is not just about making women not moms or mothers it's saying you can do that but you can also do other things mm-hmm. like yeah. and you don't have to do that if you don't want to right 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 and yeah i i just i remember talking with someone i was like well, because they they were upset about something to do, like someone was wanting to be a mother, and she's like, "I just can't understand why anyone would want to do that." And I'm like, "Well, are you like, do you consider yourself a feminist?" And she goes, "Well, I don't think women should like it should only be about women." I'm like, "Not what feminism is, right?" <laughs> so let's check your definition of feminism. But like, I think that's what a lot of people think it is. <laughs> yeah. And so I love that it, it was like, this is the reason why both of the, these things are bad. Yeah. Like, and this is like actually like feminism is like everyone has an opportunity and everyone gets to kind of decide what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and it empowers and both men and against, women. Yeah. Yes. They went against Wolf Barrel of like bringing everything back to normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, now we know, you know, the middle ground of it. Yeah. I also like hearing from a male perspective. Like, it was obviously you and like five other guys that you said. It's like <laughs> hearing that, like, the second we walked out, I was like, I want to know what other people's opinions are on the male you know like ryan gosling like oh patriarchy is so terrible or like oh it's great or like you know that balance so it's interesting hearing that side of it where you think you know you think that it's not just one or the other well i appreciate you saying that whitney because nobody ever asks men what they think (laughs) specifically (laughs) white men (laughs) which i mean speaking of which the we haven't talked too much about the uh when patriarchy was in Barbie land and how that, how they, all the jokes they had, how that actually manifested with the campfire songs, them all singing that same like horrible butt rock song. And then like, you you haven't seen the Godfather and like that, oh my, oh (laughs) my gosh. So, so Okay, that scene is how I feel whenever Walter, you and Isaac respond to me about the Lord of the Rings. That is how I felt. I felt so seen in that moment. Or or like any any guy was like, You haven't seen the Lord of the Rings? Get off my case. I turn into the, the I turn into the quintessential annoying dude when somebody tells me they haven't seen Lord of the Rings. 
I'm and, and I'm so sorry about that. I wish I could control myself. <laughs> I will say the song that they sang is "Push" by Matchbox Twenty. Yes, I love that song. <laughs> I, do I want a guy to to strum a guitar and play it poorly while he's gazing in my eyes for four hours? No, absolutely not. That was that was such a good line when she was like, she's like, "Can I can I look into your eyes for four and a half minutes while you strum and play this guitar at me?" <laughs> at me so at me was like that was a very specific yeah it was really good um and then their obsession with horses they're like well being a man is about horses right it's like they have all the tvs playing all the same videos of horses so many good visual gags the mini fridge just i don't know why that was so funny it could only fit a six pack (laughs) and and the freezer is useless (laughs) I can't wait to rewatch this film mm-hmm. and catch all the things I missed on the first watch. Yeah. I yes. I just I think I think there's a lot of stuff I probably missed and I know that on a rewatch it's going to be just as funny if not funnier. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel like she put even more references like 2001. Like I feel like there's mm-hmm. more of that sprinkled mm-hmm. and I'm like I need to now that I know the plot I'm like I need to pay attention and see like I'm sure it'll just get more genius as I watch it. Yeah. More there was so um there was a interview with Letterboxd and Greta Ger- like Greta Ger- was being interviewed by them. Did you see that interview Whitney? I don't think so. Okay, I'll send it to you cuz she she basically talks about every movie that like in, like inspired or influenced this and so i think like having watched that and then watching the movie um watching that interview and then watching the film i was able to pick up on yeah. those a lot more and so uh um, oh interesting so yeah, yeah i'll send it to you but yeah um okay we we need to wrap up because walter has to go do his day job because we have yet to make enough money or any money doing this we're close we, we, we actually make about half a million dollars money. per per year on this but still not enough for all of us to live on so we're working right on it. exactly so until we can actually make a living doing this we all have day jobs that being said walter needs to go do his pretty soon um so let's wrap up any final thoughts anything you guys want to hit on before we we close we could do just like a, um, apparently the movie thing to do is rate it out of five instead of ten. So we can all, each of us let's give it our rating out of five, and then maybe if you want to explain why you gave it that rating. Hmm. I would say, um, I'd say a four. Interesting. Point five. Okay. I'd okay. Say 4. Yep. 5. Okay. Now was, the point the point five that you took off of a perfect score. What was that for? That is for making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Rude of Greta Each to do that. Here's worth point five. How dare Greta do that? Did you cry watching her other two films? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure I did. Okay, because I, mean, I, I, I have Lady Bird now and cry like I yeah. Still that's what I was. I will happen. still like get teary eyed when I watch Lady Bird or Little Women, honestly, for that matter. Either one, yeah. every time. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's like the four was for Greta. The point five was making me cry. No, the four was for Greta, and it was just for everything as one. Like the whole mm-hmm. everything that Barbie is is like mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, those. It's those damn monologues that she has in her films man um, they hit. That, that get me every time so yeah um walter what, what about you i think i'd also give it a four and a half um mm-hmm. but the reason i would keep it from a perfect score is like a, the mattel scenes that went on just a little too long for me mm-hmm. um other than if, if that was if that was cut down just a little bit probably would have been about about the perfect movie for me mm-hmm yeah I, yeah i also did yeah. get teary-eyed during the like the flashback scene like the, when you see sasha growing up and her mm-hmm. she and her mom like you know mm-hmm. all that uh like it made me think about me and my daughter like as she because she's only like, three months old right now but you know as she gets older like i'm we'll have those same experiences which is 
both sad and beautiful at the same time. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was great. Um, so I won't, I won't take off points for that, but just because the Mattel scenes were too long. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. I think for similar reasons as you, Walter, uh, that just felt like a, a little bit too long. The kin- the kingdom mm-hmm. was a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like it's, it's as close to a perfect film as yeah. I think we've, we've covered in a while and so that was really exciting uh man i love it we didn't talk about the soundtrack too much but like the opening song with lizzo singing at the beginning and then the second time it goes through and it's about yes 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 that was that's that's an alarm that's an alarm that (laughs) yeah 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 can you imagine oh my gosh yeah um so they're really yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's gonna—it's like Oscars mm-hmm. for best song for sure. Yeah, it that was good. Yeah, no, it was so good. Uh, I I love the soundtrack. I've I've listened to most of it at this point. It's yeah, it's so good. Everything about this movie is is great, and everyone needs to go see it. Yeah, agreed. So run, don't walk. Run, don't walk. <laughs> Mamma Mia and The Dark Knight. Uh, came out on the same same day 15 years ago and someone said uh, those two movies come out on the same day walked so Oppenheimer and Barbie could run could run yep <laughs> yep so, I love amazing. it I love it well yeah. um yeah so next episode is is Oppenheimer right Oppenheimer yeah okay. so that will be our next episode Isaac will be back oh we never even addressed that Isaac wasn't going to be on this episode <laughs> no you know what who cares just, just having me on here was was almost too many men on this episode so we don't even want to talk true. about Isaac yeah yeah he's in Canada anyway <laughs> stupid stupid so he probably won't be in Canada when this episode comes out but no I don't think so so he'll be back in the states but anyway all right uh this episode was produced by walter lyle our cover art is by macy lummis and our music is by cordon jocks both uh local little rock artists so check them out uh whitney thank you so much for being on this episode we loved having you yeah it was fun I texted Whitney and I was like, hey, do you want to be on the Barbie episode? And she goes, I audibly gasped. <laughs> I did. So, I was in a restaurant. I literally go, oh. I was like, yes. <laughs> so it was an honor to have you on. We really appreciate you and, and hearing your thoughts and insights. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, thanks for listening. Please ra- be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And that's it. See you in Barbie land, everyone. Bye.